Life Notes with Sheldon, where we talk about ways to get off the sidelines and back into the game of life as your best you. Good afternoon, friends. Thank you for joining me here on Life Notes with Sheldon. I am your host, Sheldon Pickering. Join us every Saturday, a little after 3 you're on 1390 AM, 92.1 FM. I hope you're having a beautiful New Mexico day. And want to wish you and yours a happy holiday season as we come up on Christmas, this amazing time of giving and gratitude. I just finished playing for one of my favorite things. It's the senior hour. It happens from about 1 to 3 at Festival of Trees to benefit Presbyterian Medical Services. And first of all, let me preface it with I'm so grateful for Presbyterian Medical Services and what they offer our community. They provide incredible service and an incredible array of services that we would be experiencing such a deficit if we didn't have, and uh, they're truly wonderful people. I have the privilege to know some of their directors and, and people all across their board there, and they're wonderful people and do a wonderful thing for our community. And uh, today's Life Notes I want to share with you. I want to start with a quote. Believe it or not, the greatest way of reaching the heavens is by feeding those who sleep under the stars. And one other quote, love is the greatest power and will have the most powerful influence by Elaine S. Dalton. Friends, I love our local River Rock Park. It's a place of peace and refuge for me, a place where I can connect with nature And it's usually visited by other people doing pretty much the same thing. As I was walking today at the lunch hour, I noticed something I hadn't ever seen before. A lady in a long coat, hat, boots, gloves, was covered in garments as though she was strolling Central Park in New York City in late December, January. And as I came closer to her, she diverted off the path more towards the bush to avoid me, and it was clear that she was not there to associate with others, at least not with people. As I got closer and closer, I noticed a cat, not something I usually see there. But then I noticed lots of cats, at least seven or eight or more. There may have been more, but it seemed to me like something out of a Stephen King novel. So I just kept on striding, because let's face it, nothing good seems to happen to the curious souls in Stephen King novels. After my initial realization that I had just seen something I hadn't ever seen before, my thoughts turned to, as usual, the why. Upon mental revision, it became clear to me that the large bags this lady carried with her were full of food. And it happened to be the kind of food that cats love because they're seen to come from all around, just like old friends of a recent lottery winner. I've walked hundreds of miles at that beloved park, maybe even a thousand or so by now, and I rarely, if ever, recall having any feline interactions, and yet there was a horde of cats today. You know, cats and friends and family, they tend to go where they're fed. And if we want to draw people to us, our organization or to our vision, we have to feed them. Sorry, folks, if you want to draw your teenagers to come and stay at the table, a vegetable and hummus spread 
may not do the trick. Because you see, people like teenagers will go where they are fed, when they're fed what they are needing and wanting. Now, fortunately, most of us largely want the same things in life. Acceptance, respect, accountability, growth and opportunity, positivity, and friendship, companionship. You know, we bring the good or the bad in life to our table when we feed it as well. Do you want misery? Feed negativity. Do you want fractured relationships? Well, then feed criticism. Do you want joy? Feed love. Want forgiveness? Then feed mercy. Want to bring your loved ones back to your table? Feed them love, acceptance, and encouragement. The old parable about two wolves living within us, one being voracious and horrid and evil and bestial, and the other being patient, noble, honest, and good. As we know, both are fighting constantly to overtake us. At the end of the fable, it inquires, which one will win? And the answer to that important lesson is the one that we feed. The one that we feed. So, dear friends, we find ourselves in the perfect time of year to assess what we are feeding and how, by diverting what and where we are feeding it, we might fuel our better nature and draw to us the marvelous bounties of all the universe, of faith, of goodness. After all, we are what we eat. So let's start feeding ourselves and others some of the very best ingredients. Let's prepare the meal with love, deliver it with selflessness, and partake in humility, recognizing that we dine in the presence of greatness with our fellow passengers on this magnificent planet. Earth. Like old beloved Ebenezer in our favorite Christmas story, our hearts can be changed, our lives improved, relationships repaired. We can fill that Christian spirit of giving, thankfulness for blessings, and realizing what is most important. And there's no better time of year to capture this than right now. May we all do so and have the tenacity and commitment to extend our stride in the year ahead, and recognize that no matter what happens in our house, we still get to set the table. So friends, let's set it with love and with purpose, and let's set it with some flowers, because why not? We only get one ride, so let's make sure it's a beautiful and as beautiful as it can be. One quote I'd like to share is, Feed your soul by feeding the souls of others with love, kindness, and compassion. You know, I love Christmas. I love the holiday season. But there was a time when I grew to almost hate Christmas. Sad to say, because I loved it so for so many years. And the reason why is because I started to overcommit to far too many things. I would play piano for this. I would volunteer for this. I would go to this party and go to this event and go to this and do this. And so many things added up to where the holiday was one of stress. And I would end it by just being so exhausted. My vehicle would be filled with papers and music and equipment and and unkept. And it just seemed like things piled up because I said yes to what seemed like darn near everything 
and everyone's request, and looking back on it was a horrible mistake. It caused me to almost hate Christmas. But things are different now. I guess it comes with age and wisdom when we start to realize that maybe our grandparents and parents were right about a lot of things, that less is more, that simplicity is is beauty. Simplicity is wonderful. And the simple things, the small and simple things, are the things that we have to have to build the great things, whether it's our life or our legacy or even our home. So today... When I approach the holidays, I approach them very differently. I actually try to avoid getting too many things going on, avoid too many complications. And I've found that I'm actually much more apt to enjoy the occasion in a spirit of peace and appreciation by making that space. You see, we have this energy within us, this incredible giving light and I made the mistake for many years of thinking that if I fractiled it and, and put it in so many places, I'd be extending my stride, extending goodness to others and, and increasing, well, what I could output in a positive way. And I've realized since that, in fact, that energy and light is something we have to hold dear and close to us. Thanks to a wise friend and her counsel recently, I've become to realize this through hard experience and, and counsel as well. And, you know, this energy, sometimes we let it out and uh, like feeding swine to the pigs, as we talk about in the New Testament, we should uh, not waste our feeding pearls rather to the swine. Uh, our energy and our light is precious and we have to hold it close and keep it burning bright because those around us need that. And when we let it dissipate into too many causes, too many worries, too many commitments, we start to dim that lamp, dim that light within us. And we can't ever let anything dim that for too long. It needs to be a flame that is stoked, that is cautiously cared for, and that is constantly fueled. And now I realize that by letting that light, letting that energy into so many places at once, I was losing it within me and losing that power to influence, losing that power to create, losing that power to purposefully plan and direct my life's path. So as we start this wonderful season, you know, I saw something really uh, interesting the other day that I identified with and I wanted to share it with you if I can find it. It basically said that uh, we don't have to continue the holiday traditions that make us miserable and exhausted. We don't have to continue those. And, you know, I think so many times in life, you know, I, I learned a powerful lesson uh, tuning into television one night, which I rarely do. It may have been a YouTube video, and it was Warren Buffett giving some interesting advice. And one of the things he said that we make a mistake as, as civilization is we, we sometimes in our organizations, even our families, we think that just because something has always been done this way, that it's the best way. And he struck at the error of this thinking and brought it to my attention that uh, sometimes we fall into this trap of tradition, this trap of thinking because something's always been that way, it's somehow the way it is supposed to be, 
or perhaps even the best way. And if we look at the history of civilization, we can find that this is a very erroneous assumption and has led to tragedy and has led to destruction and has led to tyrants being empowered. Because just because we've always done something does not mean it's the best way. And so I would encourage you to consider that with your holiday traditions and with the things that you do. Just because it's always been done doesn't mean that it has to be done the same or even at all. And if it's destroying your peace and happiness and causing you pain and worry, well, let's get it out of your life. Let's get it out of your system of tradition. Let's get it out of this path that you keep going to thinking that you have to because it's always been done. And and doing this, particularly during the holidays, has improved greatly my peace, improved greatly my appreciation for the nature of why we celebrate. And it's allowed me to capture and hold this light and energy more close to me so I can more purposefully direct it in doing good and helping others. And it's so easy. It's so easy to overcommit. It's so easy to say yes to everybody's request. And sometimes we erroneously start to think that we're doing them good and ourselves good by doing that. But we're only one person. And we're only one spirit. And we can't be everywhere. And if we try, we will fail. And we'll find that we're not really anywhere at all. Because being everywhere in life is being nowhere. Because all we have right now is this moment before us, this breath It's what we're guaranteed. It's what we have at this moment. Will we have tomorrow? Will we have the next hour? Will we have the next day or year? None of us know. It's not guaranteed. But what we do have, as sure as anything, is this moment that we are sharing right now, this moment right before you, and hopefully the next moments that follow. But we have to guard that precious gift. We have to guard that precious time. Because there's so many things that want to rob us of that peace, rob us of that time and take it from us. And sometimes it's people wanting good, but what so often they're doing is is wanting to share some of their burden, share some of what they may should be doing or their responsibility that they've committed to and dump it on us. You know, it's like going through your house and getting rid of all the things that you hate and all the junk and then dropping it off at a neighbor's house because you think they might want it. Sometimes we get so busy and our friends get so busy and overcommitted that they want to dump some of that on us as though we may want it, as though we may be able to handle it. But I would caution all good listeners there that uh, don't take on too much. Don't put too much on your shoulders, particularly during this time. And if you're uh, inclined towards struggling with the holidays, as many of us are, you know, we, we see commercials and Hallmark movies and and all of the advertisements that show people experiencing high degrees of bliss and joy during the holiday season, during Christmas, just because it is that time. But the fact of the matter is, is that many of our friends, many of the people we'll see sitting next to us at church and at our restaurants and at the places we go, will be silently suffering through what may be a very difficult time. Anyone who's lost someone around the holidays I was speaking with a gentleman today 
lost his son somewhere around Christmas of last year. And it's such a hard time. He says, I don't want to put up the lights. I don't want to decorate the tree. I don't want turkey. Makes me sick thinking about it. Because it brings back that memory. And sometimes we forget in our jolly merrymaking that there are those who struggle more than others in this season. So let's take some of that energy that we might divert into taking too much on us into sharing some of our light and goodness with some of those friends. You know, Christmas cookies are nice at the door, but they pale in comparison to the hour taken with a friend in need just to visit with them, just to be in that moment. I spoke with a friend I hadn't spoken to for a while today, and I called him just to check in. And I said, you know, our journeys have been so similar lately, speaking to you, and I love where your mind and productivity is going. I I wish I could just have lunch with you or take a walk once a month just to catch up. So I'm fascinated with this journey that you're on in life. And he said, you know, he read in a book that said, uh, gosh, what did it say? It said that uh, you should eat more with people because the true sign of friendship, the true sign of a friend is whether or not you eat with this person. And I thought it was really interesting in how uh, so many of our social interactions are are structured around food. And uh, it got me thinking I need to take time to have lunch with friends, to have lunch with those who may be worried or struggling. And if not lunch, to make that time, to set apart that time just to listen, just to be with another person in a moment of connection, in a moment of meaningful conversation. Because we can go through our day rushed and we can go through our day ill-prepared and find ourselves at the end of the day thinking, man, I was so busy, but what did I do? Man, I interacted with so many people, but what difference did I make? I just ran and ran today and I'm so tired, but what went on? And this is the symptom of a person who is letting life happen to them who's letting the whims and will of others happen upon them. And this is the person who doesn't plan and doesn't prepare and doesn't set apart time. And they become a victim of the rush of the season and the rush of the day and the whims of those around them. If I could offer you a Christmas gift, it would be to invite and encourage you to take time, each morning preferably, but sometime during your day, to meditate and to pray. And to start with that time investing in yourself and your relationship with God and your relationship with your mind and your heart and your soul and bringing all these components that make you this beautiful spirit together a bundling your energy and stoking that fire of light so that it can burn bright through the day and so that you can share it with others. If you're not currently taking 10, 20 minutes of your time each day to do this, I'd implore with you to consider doing so because of the difference that it will make those small and simple things over time in a month of your life, in three months of your life, in one year down the road doing these things consistently can make all the difference. But then add to that some planning, some purposeful planning in your day. And I'm not talking about ways you can be most productive of filing the most papers or getting the most stuff cleared off your desk. That's important. 
but friends were the sum total of our interactions with others. It's what we are at the end of our life. It's our legacy is how we've interacted and how effectively we've interacted with those we love, those we care about, and those who need us. And that can only be accomplished through purposeful consideration and purposeful action. And so I'd encourage you to take that time to plan, to be in that moment with someone that you care about. Who's that person who's hurting or struggling this time of year? Take them to lunch or take them food. Go visit with them. And then when you start to have that thought in your mind that I need to go do something else, I'm busy, and start getting out of uh, the realm that you're in, make that shut up. Make that voice in your head stop. Make that whatever it is that's telling you you're so busy and you have to run to the next thing like some puppet with a manic person with strings controlling it. Make that stop and be in that moment. Be in that time. When you're sitting at the family table and you haven't talked to someone for a long time or relative, don't make up an excuse that you have to go do the dishes right away. They're going to be there in five, ten minutes tomorrow morning. What's not going to be there in five, ten, maybe fifteen minutes or tomorrow morning or maybe even a few years from now is that loved one that you're sitting next to that you could connect with, that you could invest some time in. That's the difference that we make. I love to cook. I love to share food. It's my love language. But the real difference that we make is by taking that time to engage, taking that time to connect, taking a portion of our beautiful gift of this precious moment and sharing it with another human soul. There's few things more beautiful than that and few things that are more difficult to do because of the habit of scurrying and rushing and being victims of this hustle and bustle world. So friends, as the countdown speeds up towards Christmas, I would encourage you as someone who cares and shares this moment with you, hopefully every week, thank you by the way for listening, I would encourage you to slow down. As everything else speeds up, as the deadlines come, as as the holidays are coming and you may be having people over and you feel like you have to speed up to get done and you have to get more slow down. Slow it down and take the time and then make that time to purposefully connect with your faith, with what you believe, with yourself, with your soul and get that fire close to you and burning bright so you can share it with those around you. That's the way we leave and make a legacy. And that's what we're here for. I hope you have a beautiful Christmas. I hope you have a wonderful new year. And I hope that all of us have time and make time to make the most of these moments that we have. As Neil Maxwell once said, moments are the molecules that make up the eternities. So friends, Make the best of those molecules. Make the best of each moment. And realize it for what it is. A true and precious fleeting gift. And share that with someone you love today. Until then, I'll talk to you next week here on the same time. And I'll be hoping and praying that you have a great week and that... uh, 
the moment that we have shared will resonate in our hearts and minds and that we can enact those things that we all know we need to do and above all is to love much and do what we can where we can to make someone's life a little bit easier and thus strengthen our own. Listening to Life Notes with Sheldon. Listen every week for a brand new note on life. We hope that we have given you a way to get off the sidelines and back into the game of life as your best you.